Welcome. You're listening to Good Conversations with Good Works, a podcast with inspiring stories to help you make work more meaningful. This is episode number 12, or in fact, a bonus episode in between season 1 and 2. It's been a while since we last spoke to you on this podcast and I'm aware of that and I'm really sorry if you're really into this and waiting for season two and like, when is it going to come? It is going to come. We're working on it and I'm really excited about the new direction that the podcast is going to be taking and I hope you will be as excited as I am. In the meantime, we have this bonus episode that kind of wraps up what we've been doing with season one which if you're actually new and this is your first episode do go back to and listen to it it's only 11 episodes covering mostly the individual principles of catholic social teaching and how they apply in the lives and work of people from completely different backgrounds and different faith and if you're not 100% sure where to start, go back to episode one, which is like a back, the basics. So that should be quite a good place to start. That's the reason that's episode one. And anyway, today's episode is a very good and inspiring conversation I had with Benita Matovska, who is an in- global public speaker and change maker and the founder of the People Could Share that is a project bringing the sharing economy as a concept in the forefront of the way we look at the world and the economy and there's two blog posts on the blog that we recently released for the release of the book on the 16th 17th of June sorry and um It's a really good book, Generation Share. It doesn't just make a wonderful addition to your blogging needs when you're taking the flat lace photos. And I I can vouch for that, having taken them. But it's full of really good stories. And it, it made me cry at times. It's just inspiring in the way that people are both ordinary and extraordinary at the same time just think it's really what's at the heart of catholic social teaching there's no life that is too ordinary to it's extraordinary and that probably doesn't make any sense but it, it does if you actually go back and read the catholic social teachings or if you listen to a podcast which will be diving into the subject a bit more with season two anyway i think I'm rambling on way too much and I'm just so excited for you guys to dive into the conversation so I'll stop this introduction I just wanted to make sure I said hi and sort of explain where we're going from there and where we're coming from for any new listeners and uh, here's the conversation I hope you enjoy it and see you on se- when we release season two there's no day decided yet so make sure that you follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or sign up to our newsletter which is currently on the homepage of the website at www.goodworthuk.com and we are on Twitter at goodworthuk underscore so 
everything will be at the end repeated anyway just in case so don't worry kind of going back over and over to try and catch everything and everything will be in the show notes on the website anyway and um, see you soon well benita thank you so much for coming on to the show uh and uh, would you mind introducing yourself for any of our listeners who have not read the many articles coming out on your book until now my name is benita matowska i'm an international public speaker and a change maker and i'm the author of a new book called generation share which i know we're going to be talking all about today yeah and uh with um it's a fantastic title for me um because one thinks of generation as a specific period in time but one reading the book discovers that actually what uh, all these people have in common is not their age would you like to go into the details how that came how to be the title and the concept of the book yeah well the the idea really was to um to go on a journey around the world to meet the change makers who are really making a difference who are building a more caring sharing economy more caring sharing society and the book is organized around demographics because i wanted to understand you know are the people who are building these different sharing initiatives and really making changes and bringing people together to collaborate and communicate and creating a more sustainable caring society you know is this about how old they are is it particular to a particular age group is it specific to a particular age group or indeed is it about where you live in the world is it about the geography is it about for example culture or religion is it about disability is it about whether you live in an urban or a rural area is it about finances and uh, you know your status and your your wealth your access to wealth and so that was the idea of the book was to really explore and better understand who are the people behind the, who are building the sharing economy and actually what you know what the book really explores and discovers is in fact that this is really a pan generational pan gender group that you know sharing knows no boundaries to share is to be human and so generation share rather than a particular of a particular age group are actually much more a group that is united by values um a particular mindset and approach to life a passion and desire to connect with other human beings to to care for not only other human beings but also for the planet itself because we know that our planetary resources might be finite but our potential to share is unlimited and really for me this is what what drives my work this whole idea that we each have this unlimited capacity to share and if we can unleash that then there's really no end to what we can achieve in this world and we can build a better more caring sharing society Yeah, I entirely agree and uh, I think I speak for everybody who's involved with Good Words whether part of the team or our supporters we're all coming here because of those values. So linking in uh the people in the the stories that you share and I really love the fact that we can see the faces of these people as well. It's just such a striking um and impactful book even just the way it's been made as a photo reportage rather than boring long book which i'm i'm a big reader so it's never boring for me but i can see uh the difference when you kind of like 
can connect on a human level. If you were to pick one value over all of the others that is the one most important to you, which one would that be? Well, it, it really does come back to the sharing for me. And that's that's what drives me. You know, this idea that um, we, we, we always... Uh, you know, we're always traveling in society um, with other people that, you know, this is about reciprocity. It's about caring for other people. It's about both what we offer out and what we receive. And, you know, being mindful of those around us, um, considering that everybody has something to share. And, And at different times in our lives, we may need to receive that, we may need to receive or we, we may be able to, to give. And sharing really is about that reciprocity and that whole idea that, you know, nobody is an island, everybody needs others, everybody at some stage needs help from other people and, and really understanding that, that, you know, we are all equal in that sense. You know, there may be different times in our lives when we have certain struggles, but fundamentally, uh, you know, we all need each other. And so really, for me, the value that drives both my life, you know, personally, and also my professional life is this whole concept of caring and sharing. That's wonderful. So actually, we need more people like you in this world, it will be such a much better position than we are now. Uh, a lot of uh, our audience are people just starting their careers. And I know you have a background before you became a public speaker, uh, that is the traditional corporate world in which most of us get sucked in. Not me, I've left it as well. But uh, how, uh, do you have any advice on how people find themselves in careers where it looks like they have to compete? How can we make this sharing, uh, this value of sharing and looking at other people as not competition as looking as these humans that need help and then can help us for when you're just starting out and it feels like you just really need to fight for your position yeah it's a, it's a it's a it's a really good question alessia and and actually you know my background is i i went into the media i was a journalist and the reason that i wanted to be a journalist was because one i'm really interested in stories in human stories and in what connects us as human beings so that's something that's always been a part of my work but the main reason i went into journalism was very much about um making changes in the world it was about exposing the things that were perhaps wrong with the world in order to create a better society and you know my journey through the world of the media enabled me to do many make many programs that were about just that and that were about achieving good but i recognized that you know as an industry it has a lot to answer for and it became increasingly more and more difficult to uh to 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 produce um to get commissioned stories and films and documentaries that were really more solution focused and that were positive you know the media has an obsession mm. with the negative yeah. and and so you know what drives me is we we need to be finding solutions and there are many of them out there which is what this book is all about showcasing and so although i wasn't in a traditionally corporate environment as such because the media really is it's it's a lawn to itself in many respects um that said, 
it, it certainly, you know, is, is institutionalized and it certainly has mm. a particular way of working. And, you know, my view has always been that we, you know, we have this life and we should pursue the things that we're passionate about. Um, because, you know, when we pursue the things that are true to our values and when those things are in chime, we're going to be much happier and healthier. We're going to be better people. We're going to make a better contribution to society. And we are going to, as ourselves, are going to thrive. And so I think this whole idea of, of, of seeing the world through with, with, with the kind of lens of abundance is something that's, that's really important because, yes, it's true that, you know, we may have uh, finite planetary resources and we've got huge challenges of climate change. But what we do have is this infinite human capacity to share and to care. And, you know, if people can tap into that and their essence and who they are as human beings and find the thing that they are passionate about, they'll be much happier in their work, much more fulfilled. Um, you know, we know that people that go into jobs because they're solely focused on, uh, you know, making money, mm. that that's the driver, don't get that personal fulfillment and they get burnout. And eventually at some point they generally get ill and that has a negative impact. And so, you know, when we start to think about and ask ourselves these questions, what is it that you are really passionate about? What are the things that matter to you? What is the thing that would make you that makes you want to get up out of bed on a morning and say, I am going to do this. And if you can tap into that, and it's brave, you have to be brave in order to do that because you know, certainly there are a lot of pressures in society to be on that treadmill, to be on that corporate roadmap, to, you know, to conform um, to what everybody else is doing, to do what's perhaps expected of us. But you know, I think you know, we can learn a lot from children and, you know, you know, if you ask children what is it they want to be when they grow up, you hear all sorts of exciting, interesting things that they're, they're passionate about. Of course, you know, many children, you know, might say, I want to be, you know, an astronaut or, you know, there might be all sorts of things that, you know, sound like they're really exciting. And, of course, that can change as they get older. But I think that passion and tapping into that and the things that really make us live and thrive is really what's important. And I see the sharing economy as an opportunity to do that. So, you know, we now have lots of different platforms and apps um, that give us access to all kinds of things that jobs and job shares and gig work and freelancing and opportunities that actually can not only pay our bills, but can really help us to thrive and be happy and fulfilled. And so I think that's what it's about. Now, that said, I absolutely recognize that, you know, if you're living in a slum in Mumbai, that your challenges are all about survival. And, and I suppose what, what, I would, what I would tell is the story of Artie Naik, um, who wrote to me on LinkedIn. And, you know, this is in the book, um, still extraordinary. She said it was, mm. I'm going to read this to you. February the 26th, 2017. Dear Benita, I hope my voice will reach you. My name is Artie Naik. I'm a slum-based young girl changemaker. I run Saki for Girls Education, a slum school for girls in Mumbai, India. We share knowledge and the chance of a positive future for girls. I would like to be part of your project because I am Generation Share. I strongly believe that because of you and your initiative, my slum-based girls' voices will reach globally. 
I hope for the best, Artie Nake. Now, this is a girl who was living 5,000 miles away from me in one of the biggest slums in Mumbai. And she heard about Generation Share on Kickstarter with the day that we had finished the Kickstarter campaign. This is when I received this message via LinkedIn. And what's extraordinary about her story is that she looked around her in the most difficult of circumstances, living in a one room slum home with nine family members with really no hope of a future. And what she saw around her was that girls in particular, um, what was their future? Their future was one of, of prostitution, of being sex trafficked, of certainly early marriage. And that was no future at all for her. She didn't want that. But not only did she not want that for herself, she didn't want that for other girls and other women. And I think that's what's extraordinary. And she has built a school, a slum-based school for girls. And she had no resources technically to do that. And, and now she's educated more than 600 slum-based schools. And her school is run on the principles of sharing. So you have an example there of somebody really who has nothing, for whom survival is everything. And what she did was she was able to find ways to engage these girls because you're asking girls to come to, you know, to learn um, because first of all, they need to speak something other than the local dialect to access the mainstream education system in India. They need to learn how to speak Hindi or English. And that's what she was offering to teach them. But first, she had to learn how to speak those languages herself. And I suppose my point is she was in an extreme situation of poverty, but she managed to find a way. And so because she's passionate about education, she's passionate about that. And so I think no matter what the obstacles are, financial obstacles, environmental obstacles, cultural obstacles, even religious obstacles, I think if we can tap into our true selves and what we are truly passionate about, we can find a way to make those things happen. Yeah, I nearly cried when I read that story, <laughs> if I'm honest, but then again, I cry at almost anything moving, <laughs> probably not much. Yeah, there is a very famous quote from St. Catherine of Siena, it's about uh, if you're the person you're supposed to be, you will set the world on fire, probably yes. quoting it yes. wrongly. But yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. It's no, it's a very inspiring story. Thinking that she could have got herself up, and we could probably have Christina here, Oxford, getting into Oxford University and getting it in the newspaper as the Soviet, the girl who raised herself up and got there, but instead decided to share it to exactly build up exactly. everybody else. So yeah, no, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm really curious. What was your thing that you wanted to do as a child <laughs> so as a child interestingly well I had three things that I wanted to be one was a journalist which is what I went on I'm to sure. do yeah. um one was um I wanted to be an actress because I used to do lots of acting and and I suppose my public speaking really stems from that performance that being on a stage that enjoyment of communication so I feel like I've I've really um combined the things that I wanted to do and the third thing that I had a brief um, foray into thinking that I, I wanted to do this and this was probably when I was about eight or nine years old um, was that I thought I wanted to be a lawyer because I was interested in human rights and I suppose mm. the idea was you know how can we create the laws that will help people so I suppose all of those things that are now in my work have really come together 
Um, I didn't decide to pursue law. Um, I mean, you know, certainly that was the idea at the age of eight or nine. Um, because I, I realized that actually for me, rather than having to spend many, 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 many hours that it takes to, to learn, you know, the statutes and to learn, um, you know, everything that's required in terms of, of you know, of legal regulations and so on, that actually for me, my work was much more about being an activist and on the front line. And, and I suppose that's really what I wanted to be. So I, you know, interestingly, and, and I have a, a friend that I was at nursery school with, and she remembers as being five years old uh, from primary school. So she's never, she'll never forget this. I, I hadn't seen her for a long time. And I saw her when we were in Israel for Generation Share. And she said to me, Benita, I remember sitting in Deborah Taylor um, and, and in, sorry, Brodetsky Primary School in Leeds, which is where we grew up. And I remember sitting in a circle and we were being asked, what did we want to do when we when we grew up? And you sat there and you said you wanted to be a journalist. And she said, and, and, and the other children didn't even know what that was. And she said, and I remember it because it was so, it was so, you, you know, you were so clear, specific about what you wanted to do. And most of us, were, we didn't really even know what that meant. Um, so I suppose, yes, you know, my parents will, will, will tell the same story. I've always been very driven. I've always had a very clear direction. But even that said, you know, my my career has taken, you know, some twists and turns. So, yes, I started out as a journalist. I then moved into television production and documentaries, again, the same kind of drivers. And then I reached a point where I was incredibly frustrated and I felt that the changes that I wanted to bring, I wasn't going to do that in the media industry. And so I left to move into the charity sector um, because I wanted to be doing something that was more giving back. But I always believed that I was doing that was a transition. And, and it was a helpful and a useful transition because I was head of global entrepreneurship at Enterprise UK. That was my job title. And because of that ridiculous job title, which friends used to joke sounded like head of the world, I was invited to be a counsellor at the One Young World Congress. And, and I, when I asked them, well, who, what does that involve? And they said, we need you to do some moderating. And, uh, you know, we, we, it's very much about being a mentor and a role model for young people and, and, you know, moderate some sessions and, you know, there might be some speaking. And I thought, okay, fantastic. And then I said, you know, in my very TV way, who else have you got? And they said, you know, Desmond Tutu and Bob Geldof. And at that point, it was kind of, okay, well, this is certainly going to be an extraordinary experience. And I found myself backstage with Desmond Tutu. And, you know, it was the most humbling experience of my entire life because what do you say to such a great man? I mean, it's extraordinary. And, you know, when you think about what he's achieved, and it was really in that moment, you know, being on that stage and listening to what he had to say and also what Bob Geldof had to say. and you know, I just thought to myself, I want to be doing something that is much more about finding solutions to these pressing global problems and something that is much more, you know, on the front line. What can I do? What can my role be? And I, I left that event and the word that would not leave me was the word sharing, sharing, sharing. And I kept waking up and I just all I kept thinking about was sharing. It's something to do with sharing. And then one morning I woke up and the thought that popped into my head 
was what's wrong with the world is there's a shortage of sharing. And I went on to think about, but we can fix that because, you know, if we have, we might, we have these finite resources, but we have this unlimited capacity to share. And I realized that what was missing was a campaign to promote sharing, a very simple concept in many ways. And then I started developing ideas around, you know, what's now known as the sharing economy. And that's really where it all began for me. So, you know, I, I think it, it, it isn't always the case that the things that we, that we want to do in childhood are not the thing that we end up doing. Very often, that innate passion to do something and that instinct is something actually that, that can guide us through our life. And if we can tap into that and stay true to that, and it's hard to stay true to that, I know that. There are many people that are passionate about all sorts of things, but they don't see it as a possibility. They don't see it as an option to sustain themselves. And, and, and I, you know, I think that's a shame and I want to encourage and inspire people to go for the things that you're passionate about. Because when you are passionate about something, you will find a way to sustain yourself. Yeah, I think that getting on stage with such prominent people probably beyond the dreams of becoming a journalist that you had as a child and it's really like I read that and was like wow like I could never imagine myself being in a position like that I think I probably would faint if someone asked me to do something like that <laughs> I really but admire you would, but you would your... but Alessia you <laughs> would look you're you you've created this podcast you've created a community you know think about through the good works community what you've achieved and I think sometimes if we if we think too much about the enormity of the task, if we think too much about, uh, you know, the destination in, in many ways, I always like to break things down. OK, what's the, what are the steps that I need to take? What are the things that I need to do? What's the first step I need to take and start there? Because sometimes if you look at the whole thing, it's just completely overwhelming. Yeah. You know, if I if I if I think about what I have to get through just in the next 24 hours, then, you know, that in and of itself is, 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 is actually really daunting because we're, we're on this Generation Share tour and I, I'm organizing, you know, virtually single-handedly 26 launch events in different countries. It's an enormous task. But I'm just trying to, and I think that's what I always advise. When I was working in television, it was a production trick that I learned. You just break it down. You break it down into tasks and you say, right, I'm doing this, 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 and this, and you work your way through that, you complete that, and then you start with the next series of tasks. And, and I, I, you know, for me, being a, what I, you know, is known as a starter completer is really important. So whatever that list is, start it, complete it. Keep a short list, and then move on to the next part of the list. Start it and complete it. And that way you get somewhere. That's actually probably the best advice we had in the entire 12 episodes series so far. Wow. Actually, okay, I think well, it, thank you. It, it, it probably applies as well. It kind of preempts something I was going to touch on the millennial, uh, especially millennial, but I think it's intergenerational idea of the imposter syndrome when you're stepping up to do something that is quite un unusual but also you you mentioned that the media have an obsession with the negative and I think everybody who picks up a newspaper knows that and it can feel overwhelming when you kind of like yes I'm passionate about this issue but it's just so big where do you even start and I think th these advice actually can be applied to that as definitely, well so definitely because change you have a very to start small somewhere. thing and you know, then 
Exactly, exactly. And, you know, people say to me um, when they hear all of this and they say, okay, well, you know, I like the idea of sharing, but what can I share? How can I get involved? And I always say, well, very simply, you can wake up on a morning and say, say to yourself, ask yourself, what can I share today? That might be as simple as a smile with a neighbor. You know, it might be helping someone, you know, take a buggy up, you know, a series of steps, helping a mom with a baby. It could be any number of things. You know, it might be taking some spare food that you have to a local food bank. It could be going to volunteer with a charity. You know, it's not necessarily the case that we need to be, um, uh, uh, you know, told what to share or or that we need to sign up somewhere. But, you know, there are things that we can do ourselves. We can take this on ourselves and take that responsibility just to start sharing. It's very simple. We don't necessarily have to be part of a big organization to do it. it and it doesn't matter if what you're doing is something you know, on a, on, a, on a small local level. And obviously that often is, and that's the power. The power is in the small local level. The power is in the simple things that we share and we do because those simple things create that ripple effect. And this is all about the ripple effect. You know, in the book, I've got many change makers who refer to that, refer to this whole idea that they did something small in their local community and it rippled out and it's become something bigger. And I think that's the important bit. It's it's to start, it's to do something. Yeah, one of my favorite things about well, the book and obviously the uh, sharing economy itself is that whatever issue you're passionate about tackling, there's a way of doing that to sharing. And yeah, it's just exactly. like <clears throat> environmental issues, loneliness, um, anything really and you were mentioning the the school in Mumbai preventing women from being in sucked into trafficking it's just such a everything that can happen and whatever now kind of automatically has been now with the lunch and everything um whenever I think of a problem how, how does that fit in the sharing economy it kind of just gets to you and is very uh oh kind of yeah you get yeah, well exactly it gets automatically and natural in a way exactly yeah. and you know I mean this is also very much about the fact that you know the sharing economy you know it, it affects every aspect of our lives because to share is to be human so you know in every industry in every sector you know every business can participate in this um, you know, sometimes I work with businesses and, and the work that I do is around creating what I call these change maker companies, mm-hmm. these companies that are more activist in approach um, because we, we, you know, we don't have time on our side. You know, climate change and all the climate science is very clear. You know, we don't have time. These issues are pressing. You know, we, we, we cannot continue on the trajectory that we are on. You know, the world is getting hotter. It's going to be untenable. It's going to be unlivable. We have to do something about curbing these carbon emissions. Um, We have to do something about the the rates at which we are pillaging the planet. We have to do something about rampant consumption. You know, we have to start sharing and understanding that, you know, we don't need to own things. We just need to access them. Mm. You know, think of it much more in a utilitarian way. You know, what is it that you need to do? What is it that you need um, to access? And access it, but you don't need to own it. When you're done with it, somebody else can use it. It's very simple. Um, You know, when I started this work, I I made this pledge that, you know, 
I don't buy new stuff. You know, I, I buy things that are, they're new to me, but they're pre-loved in some way. You know, the clothes that I wear and the mm. things that I buy and the furniture that I have in my house is, you know, it's been loved by someone else before. I love that. I love the stories that go behind that. When I go to, a, I run clothes swaps with my friends and they're always the best evenings. Everybody comes in, they bring the things that have been sitting in their cupboards that they haven't been wearing. You know, they put them out and, you know, we, we arrange things into, you know, into categories of, you know, tops and, uh, you know, jeans and accessories, whatever it might be. And people go around and they find things and they come out with a whole new wardrobe and whatever's left over goes to a charity. And, you know, everybody wins in that situation. The planet wins, the charity wins, all of the women that have come, they go home with a, a new wardrobe. And, you know, there's no destruction to the planet. There's no damage has been done. And, you know, we've come together, we've had a lovely evening, we've made those connections, we've deepened those friendships. And I think that's, you know, this is the point. Anyone can organize a clothes swap. It's very simple. Just ask your friends to bring things around to your home that, you know, that they haven't, that they don't wear anymore and just share them, you know. Um, so I think a lot of these things are, are you know, are very simple. But I think also when we start to consider that all of the things that we're doing in our everyday lives can actually be done through the sharing economy and whether you're a business that can actually look at you know the, the hidden resources that you have you know often companies don't even know the skills and the talents of the employees that they have because if it's not on their cv or their resume you know if if they have all these incredible skills and talents and outside interests that are not specific to their job description mm. but actually those are things that could be contributing to you know the company and society as a whole and also once companies start recognizing that they can't operate in a vacuum, you know, they have to work within planetary limits. And what value are they creating for people and planet? Because it's no longer the case that companies can only create commercial value. They need to be creating social and environmental value as well. Mm. You know, it's it's vital. Yeah, yeah, I entirely agree. And that's one of the reasons why Good Works started. Although I joined then much later in time, it was when business as usual was clear, could not go on when the credit crisis, uh, the economic Absolutely. crisis uh, a few years back. I was much younger then and work was not on my radar yet. And uh, yeah, no, it's kind of like, it's amazing to me how many, t like I live in London, so very few people own a car. We're all taking public transport, trains, buses, calling an Uber if we need a car. And that's, we don't put the label on it, but public transport, we're sharing transport yeah. with someone else. That's, Absolutely. You, may, you may not be thinking of the sharing economy, but if you took a train to into London to work today, you have been part of a sharing economy. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's what I always say is, yeah. you know, we may not realise it, but we're all part of it just by virtue of existing and connecting with other people and having, you know, any kind of communication. And, you know, we all, we, we share food all the time. So, you know, we're all part of it. And it's really about making that the default mode, the thing that you do first before you do anything else. Rather than rushing to buy something, do you need to buy it? Could perhaps you share it you know could you access it does it have to be new if you're going to buy it you know it's all of those things um and i suppose you know one of the things to say about generation share the book itself and the production of the book which is really important is this book is made from waste materials because what we didn't want to do 
was to put a book, a product out there that in and of itself was creating some kind of, you know, negative, mm-hmm. you know, planetary mm-hmm. impact. And so actually this is made from waste materials and every single book, each copy purchased, funds and educates a girl in the slums in Mumbai and goes to the Saki school for girls to enable more girls to have an education, to build a future of hope, um, to not have to be in a life of prostitution and being sex trafficked and, and early marriage, but actually to have a positive future. So that's a really good reason to buy this book. It's with a non-profit publisher, Policy Press, who publish books about social change. And, and also every copy also proceeds go to plant a tree through the Eden Poverty and Reforestation Project. So, you know, we're, we're not taking trees, we're making trees and we're educating girls just by virtue of buying the book. And, and that's what I urge people to do because we want to educate as many girls and plant as many trees as we can through this product, through this book. And also it's full of inspi- inspiring stories and ways that people can engage and share themselves. And that's really what's important. And it's, you know, it's widely available. It's it's on Amazon. It's at all good bookstores. You know, people can buy that directly from Policy Press or on Amazon or any, you know, any bookstores. You can walk in and you can ask for a copy of Generation Share. And if they don't have it in stock, it can be ordered. You know, this book is widely available. And that's really important to us because, you know, um, both Sophie and I, Sophie is the photographer and the co-creator of the book, you know, we wanted to create something that had impact that's not an academic book. You mentioned, you know, earlier when we spoke at the beginning of this of this session that, you know, this is not just about going out to a niche academic market, but it's also audience, but it's about, it's about reaching everybody, you know, it's about, you know, sharing is for everybody. We wanted something accessible. That's why there are so many photographs in it, because we wanted to bring this to life to people and to inspire them. And, you know, if they want to find out more information, they can go and find out more information. But, you know, the idea was to, to you know, to provide something that was inspiring and engaging. And that's, that's the, the approach that's been taken is very much about, you know, someone called it a dipping book. It's something that you dip into. Mm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it makes a wonderful coffee table book. It's so beautiful. And I know a lot of people have this idea that reused materials can never be the same quality as new. And that's absolutely not true. If you didn't know that it is reused material, you couldn't never guess. It's just so shiny and glossy. It looks entirely 100% new, so it's about time that we kind of stop having this prejudice on the use materials. You can achieve a lot with them. It's a really beautiful book. I hope that nobody actually related to me is listening to this podcast, otherwise they already know what they're getting for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It is, yeah, no, it's it's, it's really... It's interesting because, you know, we've had an overwhelmingly incredible... Um, response to the book Um, it just launched you know we published it just a week ago and we've had an incredible um, you know incredible response to it and you know a number of people have talked about this whole idea of of, you know of of buying it as a gift you know buying it for for Christmas something that you can you can share the love share the hope and I do I do think that there's you know we always had that in mind that you know what a lovely thing to share with somebody um, because you really are sharing the hope and also what you're doing. Um, it's a bit like, 
you know, sometimes, um, for example, you know, if I've been if I've been buying something, I'll go to I might go to Oxfam, and you know, there are various cards that you can get where you're you know you're buying a you know a goat or you're you're planting a tree or you know that's what you do, and that's the gift that you're giving to someone. You're giving this beautiful mm. thing that actually is going to help someone else somewhere else in the world. And so I, you know, that's partly the idea with with Generation Share, of course, is that. You know, you could give this as a gift and what a lovely thing to do. And, it, it you know, it, it very much is to keep that sharing going on and, and to inspire more sharing to happen. Yeah, no, actually, I have done this um, Oxfam package. I think it was uh, one of the floods that happened a few years ago when my father's for Christmas. As a kind of thank you for taking care of us as a family up to then. It was the year that we retired. And uh, so I basically bought him the chance of having another father provide for his family in a very bad. It was, a, I believe it must have been a flood, but it, one of the climate emergencies that happened to not too long ago, but a few years now. So, yeah, it's a very good other idea for Christmas. Probably. Definitely. If, if Definitely. there's enough money to go around doing both. It's Absolutely. It's always a, a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I could keep you here talking about this, but I absolutely love it. I absolutely love what you're doing, and I think it really fits really well with what we're doing as well. So, but obviously, we know that you have to keep the sharing with everybody else. And <clears throat> sorry, so I'm not gonna hold you up any longer. But I wanted to ask you if you have any final thoughts to share, especially advice that you would give to your younger self or a young person who wishes to follow in your footsteps and do what something like what you're doing well I really do come back to what I said at the beginning which is that you know follow your passion follow your dreams follow your heart and find a way to make it happen don't give up because you know there are so many things that we can achieve through through that passion you know, through that drive to make the world a better place. And I do think asking yourself every morning, you know, what can I share? What can I do today that is, you know, going to make the world a better place? Um, I'm also really interested in learning. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to learn something new every day. And, and it's, a, it's a sort of good discipline. And I will say to myself on the morning, okay, right, you know, I want, to, I want to learn something new. You don't always necessarily know what that's going to be. Um, it might be, you know, you might listen to a podcast, you might, um, you know, might be something that you've read in a, in a book or something that you've read online. It might be through an encounter that you've had with somebody and just something really pertinent that, you, that you've said that you've never thought about in that particular way. But I just think if we're always learning and we're always sharing, then we're going to be making a positive contribution. And so, you know, that's that's what I always say, you know, to share is to be human. And we've got this unlimited potential to share so let's unleash that and let's let's create the world that we want to see we've all got the capacity and the ability to make that contribution because it's going to take all of us to build a sharing economy and on this wonderful note that can never actually be reached by anything i could say after this i thank you i I don't even have enough words. Thank you for your time, as I know it's really precious and we're really honoured that you'd come onto the show. But to stay within the sharing theme, please, will the audience share this with someone who think, you think should listen to it? And let's start the sharing from there. 
Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Grazie. Okay. Uh, thank you for sharing. Uh, we'll keep doing it. So that was my conversation with Benita and I hope you've came away from it as inspired as I was when we recorded it and actually I still am. So as I promised, a reminder of where you can find us to keep in touch and be aware of when the next episode is going to be released. Which obviously, if you just subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whichever place you use for listening to podcasts, then that also will tell you when the new episodes are coming out. However, our website is www.goodworksuk.com and if you go forward slash podcast, you will find the show notes. Then you can find us on Twitter at goodworksuk underscore, on Instagram at goodworksuk and on Facebook also at goodworksuk. And obviously all of the profiles are the website's name and the handles that I just gave you. So uh, let us know if you have any comments on social media and please share this podcast with anybody you think would benefit from listening to it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the summer and speak to you in the autumn. Bye.